Okay, at the outset of this year, I just wanted to bring some stuff to you. And I, I don't know how you're doing right now, but reflecting back, 2020 was, has been a, a tough year. Um, none of us were expecting it to turn out the way it did. I know I didn't this time last year, looking forward to 2020. And there's something just about 2020 that it just sounded a good year. Uh, didn't quite work out like that. It changed very quickly. March, we had um, kind of the end of March first lockdown. Uh, thought that would kind of be over quickly, get through that, get back on with life. Um, that didn't seem to work out. We went through the summer. There was nice weather. There was a moment of thinking, is this the end? Went back into September. The schools went back in. That was quite good. And then lockdown number two came along. Um, we thought, that's fine. We'll get through this and it'll be Christmas and that'll be okay. And then Christmas changed. And then we are where we find ourselves now, which is lockdown 3.0. Um, which is just is just a tough place to be. And while I was kind of in this situation and I was praying and thinking, what do I bring to the church at the beginning of the year? God, what do you want me to talk about? Where do you want me to go? I felt God speak to me about a couple of things that I just want to share with you. And I felt God talk to me about grit, um, about us being men and women of God who have true grit when it comes to following him. And when I first thought about grit, I, um, I thought about the, the, the bits of stone and dirt that got stuck in my knee um, as a child and that had to be picked out when I scuffed my knee. And then I thought about it more and then I went to a thesaurus and think, OK, what's the kind of the sense of what God's been saying? What other words can you describe this? And I came up with reading the thesaurus, I came up with courage and bravery and pluck and backbone and strength of character and strength of will and moral fiber and steel and nerve and fortitude and toughness and hardiness and resolve and determination and resolution and stamina and doggedness and tenacity and perseverance, endurance and guts. And so I just felt that in the face of, uh, of what we're kind of looking forward to in 2021, I believe God is calling us to be men and women who display grit in how we follow Jesus, that we display some true grit in this difficult time uh, at the beginning of, of the year. And I felt drawn to some words uh, from a follower of Jesus who knew what it was, knew all about what it meant to have grit in difficult times. And that was the Apostle Paul. And Paul knew what it was to have grit, uh, what it meant to follow the Lord and keep going over years and years and years. He was a man who uh, opposed uh, the Christian message opposed the message of the Lord Jesus. He was anti the church and he was even responsible for persecuting the church and even having Christians killed. Um, and then one day he met uh, the risen Lord Jesus and his whole life uh, was transformed. He went from a murderer to a missionary and he spent the rest of his life traveling around uh, the Mediterranean area as it was the Roman Empire preaching about the risen Lord Jesus. And I just want to read some words that he wrote um, about his experience and what it meant for him to follow the Lord Jesus and how difficult and how hard it could be. He wrote this in uh, 2 Corinthians 11. He says, five times I received at the hands of the Jews the 40 lashes less one. So that's five lots of 39, lashes on his back what it meant when he was traveling around preaching. He says, three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. 
Okay, it wasn't that kind of stone. It was the rocks being thrown at you till you are unconscious. He says, three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea on frequent journeys in danger from rivers and danger from robbers and danger from my own people, danger from the Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger um, from false brothers in toil and hardship through many sleepless nights in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure and apart. So I think reading that, we can agree that when it comes to tough times and difficulties, Paul was a man who knew what he was talking about. Just reading that list, you think he's gone through an awful lot over the years following his Jesus. And and when we start this new year, 2021, I want us as a church to listen to some more of his words and learn from him about what it means to have true grit in following Jesus. And I'm going to read a section of Philippians. Hope you found that uh, in your Bible in the New Testament. This was a letter written by Paul to a church in a, a town called Philippi. And Paul was writing this from a time when he was in prison facing the prospect of death. So he was in a pretty bad place. And he, he, he wrote the letter, commanding the commissions to keep following Jesus, keep having joy in him. And then he wrote in chapter three about his own accomplishments accomplishments he'd got in life his kind of his birth his upbringing how good that could have been um, but then he said nothing that he's done or anything about him compared to the wonder of knowing Jesus and he wanted to know more of Jesus and he wanted to know the power of his resurrection and then he writes this starting at verse 12 these are the bits I'm going to read so Philippians 3 uh, verse 12 it says this not that I've already obtained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Okay, there's three things I want us to look us look at from this passage. I want to look at honesty, I want to look at perseverance, and I want to look at grace. The first one, honesty. Now, Paul is honest about his situation as we read these verses. He says that he has not obtained what he's after. He says he's not perfect. He says he has not made it his own. He is not seeing his situation, his circumstances through rose-colored glasses or trying to put a good spin on what's happened or looking for the silver lining and focusing on that. And he could have had a right to. Uh, this was a man who planted many churches. He saw many save. He even wrote much of our Bible that we've got now. Uh, he, he achieved much in that sense in, to, in what he did in the Christian life. But he was being plain and honest about who he was and where he was. He'd already told them he's in prison. He already told them it was a tough time. Um, but he admits that he's not made it. He's not the finished article. He is facing hardship and difficulty and prison and, and the prospect of execution and death that comes with it. He, he was someone who still struggled with staying on course with fear and loneliness and motivation and depression and pain and discomfort. This was part of kind of 
Paul's ministry. This is what it was what life was like for him. And knowing these, he says to um, the church in Philippi, these are the difficulties I'm going with. This is what life is like. This is what it what it's about. Until I meet Jesus face to face, until I see him, I haven't got there. I haven't made it. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep struggling. I'm going to have to keep 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 working at this. I haven't got to what I want to be like uh, in this life. And he was secure enough just to be honest about that um, to the church that he was writing to who were supporting him. And for us, off the back of a difficult year and in the face of possibly even in worse situation we find ourselves in now, we need to be honest about ourselves and what's happening. I want to suggest three ways that we can do that. We need to be honest with ourselves. We need to be honest with God and we need to be honest with others. So we need to be men and women who are honest with ourselves. We need to acknowledge how we're doing in this situation. We need to be able to look into the mirror and admit that things have been tough uh, in our work life, uh, in our home life, in our marriages, in our parenting, in our health, in our finances, in our relationships, in the missed opportunities and events uh, of the year, in loss and loneliness and pain. We need to be able to articulate these feelings and uh, and everything that's accompanied accomplished accompanied them sorry the sadness the anger the pain the despair the guilt the shame the fear we need to just be honest about what it is we need to not be kind of just put on a brave face a, a stiff upper lip kind of everything's fine we need to just acknowledge with ourselves that things have been tough and in particular where they've been tough with us in our lives. Now, what we're not asking you to do is to do to, to, two dangers here. The first one is kind of a comparison one where we, we seek to look at someone else and their situation. We maybe minimize how, how it's been for us because we see that they might be suffering more or sometimes we maximize what's going on in our life because we see someone else and they look like they're having a little bit easier than us so ours is so much worse so we don't want to get into comparison we also don't want to get into a pity party where we kind of just wallow in our pain for the sake of it and actually kind of enjoy the feeling that everything's so bad uh, and terrible we just want to be kind of honest with ourselves and actually kind of be able to articulate how we're doing now the way i do this that helps me is i uh journal and i have my here my 2021 uh, journal which i started a few days ago i always get a new moleskin at the beginning of the year so mine this is always nice and shiny and i write daily in it just kind of and part of my processing is i write down how i'm doing how i'm feeling what's going on and i just jot it down before the lord and try and prove it to process what's going on inside me and trying to help myself. And I want to say at the beginning of the year, guys, you need to be encouraged, honest with yourself and just talk about, just be honest with how you're doing. And that leads us to the second thing. You need to be honest with God. And really sometimes you can do those at the same time, be honest with yourself at the same time you're being honest with God. And we do this for a number of reasons. The first one, he already knows. Nothing surprises him. It's not like you'd say, oh, God, I feel terrible about what's going on. or I feel sad or I'm struggling with this or this is hard. And I'm just it feels overwhelming. It's not like God's going to say, oh, I didn't know. I'm surprised. He knows everything. Second thing, he expects us to. God expects us to. We're told to cast our burdens onto him because he cares for you. We're supposed, to, we're supposed to pour out our hearts. If you read some of the Psalms and the brutal honesty we find there, the pouring out the emotions of the Lord, emotions of anger and pain and guilt. 
And we do it because only he can satisfy us. Only the Lord can meet us in our pain and suffering in a meaningful way and bring hope and comfort with us. And for me, I use my journal for that as well. So I I write down how I'm doing and then I turn it to prayer and I write down some of my prayers. So I use that as a way of just trying to talk to God about how I'm doing. I also use prayers of others. I use I've got a book of prayers here, which I've been reading through for about six months and maybe halfway through. But I don't read a prayer a day. It just helps me process feelings. It helps me speak to God. It helps me to be honest about where I am and what I'm doing. And the last thing is we need to be honest with others. Paul uses the beginning of verse 13, that section we read. He uses the word brothers. That's talking to fellow believers. That's family language. The the letter was written to a church full of people. And so there was a context where it had to happen in community. When we're in pain, We want to share with those who we love and trust and know as well. I would make a plead at this point. Social media isn't the place you do that. Post pictures of what you ate for dinner and your Christmas decorations and something funny your kids did. But when it comes to pain, don't vent on social media. Find someone. God God has given us a family, the church, with other men and women that we are connected to. And even though it's hard and it's distance in this digital kind of season we're in there's still opportunities where we can talk to people and 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 get them to pray for us and tell people how they're doing and they can comfort us and we can comfort them god gives us gifts in the form of people in the family the community the church we're part of and my suggestion would be to be find a close friend in the church find someone talk to them tell them how you're doing tell them how 2020 went for you tell them how what yeah you're feeling about 2021 i would encourage you to find someone of the same sex to do it if you're married you can talk to your spouse but it's good uh for guys to talk to guys girls to talk to girls and just tell us how how you're doing you can go out for walks uh, we can still do one-on-one if it's kind of keeping to yourself you can do that but you can call you can zoom you can send a message on a whatsapp and i have to admit as well being honest with you guys that that's the one i find difficult i'm an internal processor so everything goes on my head it doesn't come out of my mouth very often I work on my own. I'm also the church leader, so in an isolated position. So doing this, being honest about how you're doing, is a tough one for me. But it's something I want to grow in. It's something I need to do uh, going into this year of just saying, this is how I'm doing. This is why, where I am. Um, you, can you pray for me and just get people to, to listen to that? And so we need to be people who are honest about how we're doing. We're honest with God and we're honest with one another. The second thing that I think the Apostle Paul um points us to to have true grit is to be uh, men and women who persevere in following him read the language from that section if you've still got your bible up have a look at it it says in verse 12 it says i press on in verse 13 the following verse it says forgetting what lies behind and straining forward and then in verse 14 the next verse he repeats the same language i press on this is action orientated language this requires energy focus determination it it gives a sense of it means it needs to keep going and not giving up overcoming hardship and suffering it's no excuses giving an all-out effort it's kind of long-term commitment to something and paul's what he's using here is the image of a runner who is running a race and heading towards the finish line and they are not going to give up until they get there and they are driving with all of their strength and all of their energy to make it to the finishing line no matter how hard it is no matter how tired they may feel their muscles are aching their lungs are bursting they're going to keep 
going in what they're doing. And the image for the Christian life is an image of running. I mean, it's, and it's not a sprint. Uh, it's a marathon. And if you know anything about running, they're very different animals. A sprint is very different to a marathon and how you approach it and how you run it. And there's much that we can learn here because for a sprint, uh, many of us can do that. As many people do, you could probably get most people and you could mark out a sprint 100 meters down their road and say, can you just run down there? And most people will be able to do that. But if you ask them to do a marathon, most people can't because it requires training and dedication and effort and commitment. Also, the difference between a sprint and a marathon is you can't see the end of a marathon. It's just too long. 26.2 miles. You can't see the end. But the sprint the finish line is right there. You can go and get for it. But we're so to keep running when we don't know where the end is. A marathon takes an awful long time to run. A sprint is open in a moment, very quick. A marathon requires sustained effort over a long period of time just to keep going, plodding one after the other. A sprint is a quick burst of energy. You do it and it's done over in a matter of seconds. A marathon requires you to refuel along the way. They have water stops where you can get drinks, energy drinks. A sprint you can just do in your own resources. You can just run. A marathon contains peaks and valleys and turns and different terrains that you have to negotiate while a sprint is just a straight line. A marathon requires taking and not taking certain stuff. It requires about looking at what you're wearing, what you're carrying, where you're going. A sprint you can do anywhere. You can run for the bus carrying your bags. It doesn't seem to matter. Running a marathon is not pretty. If you ever try to run for a long distance, you get very hot, very sweaty, and you don't look pretty at the end of it. After a quick sprint, you can pull yourself together pretty quickly. You can't hide when you're running a marathon because you've got to keep going for a long period of time over the miles again and again and again while a quick sprint you can be you can cover up you can run very quickly stand still and no one knows what you've been doing and for us when it comes to following the christian life we need to be thinking like that we need to be putting in perseverance and thinking this is a marathon this is something that we have to put energy into day after day after day after day and i just want to ask a question to you how are you doing in your marathon how are you doing in the marathon the christian life are you keeping going this season we're in is long and it's tough and we need to show some grit and to persevere how do we do that well, here's some suggestions for you. Have you settled in your mind that this is for the long haul? Have you settled in your mind that you're just going to keep going for the long haul? I'm going to stop when I'm dead and not before. Quitting is not an option. I'm just going to keep going till I hit that finish line. Have you settled in your mind that this life is not going to be easy? Not just now in this difficult season, but actually over the whole of your life. Jesus never promised it would be easy. He said it would be tough. He said the opposite. It's going to be tough emotionally. It's going to be tough physically. It's going to be tough financially. It's going to be tough spiritually. You're going to get pressure from all areas of life. Life is not going to be a bed of roses following Jesus. Are you daily reminding yourself of God's presence 
grace and mercy that is available to you through his word and prayer. Are you daily getting into your Bible and are you praying? I'm at the moment, I'm going through uh, the book of one Kings and two Kings. I use these scripture journals. I've mentioned them before. I'm sort of at the end of one Kings at the moment. I started back in October going through it quite slowly, but I, every day I, I get up and I try and read a bit of the Bible, pray into it, write in my journal. Are you doing that? Are you making an effort? If you're kind of like, I haven't been doing it. I need somewhere to start. Maybe I can make a suggestion, grab a gospel, maybe Luke's gospel, start reading through it. Just a couple of chapters um, a week and it will take you down towards Easter remind yourself of truth get it in you we had um, an incident this week where one of our life group put um, uh, a couple of verses on uh, the whatsapp group and it was kind of you know the lockdown had just started and everyone's feeling like oh and they put a verse on it and I read them out and I thought they're really good verses I came downstairs and Melanie had written one of them out and stuck them on the, the kitchen cabinet so I've got one here and I, I just, I read it and I just thought, you know, that's good stuff. Just to remind ourselves of the truth, remind ourselves of what God has said. And it says, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. 2 Corinthians 4, 8 and 9. And getting into God's word, remind yourself it helps you have grit and to keep going and persevering in what you're doing. Here's another question for you. Are you actively part of God's community, the church, where you can find mutual courage and support? The fact that you're on here now, listen to me, is fantastic. Brilliant. But are you being connected into smaller uh, settings like our life groups? Are you being connected in there? Are you finding people to get to know on a more personal level? If you haven't, make it a new year kind of commitment. Do that. Get involved in life. Get in places where you can know one another, uh, where you can be honest with one another, where you can pray for one another, where you can encourage one another, where you can kind of connect with one another and spur one another on. Put some grit in each other. Say, we're going to keep going at this. How about listening to some worship songs? When the, the news of this lockdown kind of came and it was that moment where, oh, crumbs, here we go again. I went onto my phone and I found some of my favorite songs and I started playing them. I've got um, the Red Rocks one, Not Afraid, and the Hillsong one, uh, there was another in the fire. I found that I pray that I need them. I need something to just build me up, something to focus on when all this looks really tough, but I want to raise my eyes and look at Jesus. And so... For us today, I just want to encourage you, you need to keep going in what God's called you to. And some of you uh, may know this about me, but I like to run. It's one of those things I do um, that I enjoy and I try and get out and have a run each day. And there's lots of reasons I do that to help me kind of fitness, but mental health. But I just want to say to you that I find it difficult to do that every day. I really do. I just, it is a battle. The hardest thing I do, whether I run for 10 minutes or half an hour or longer, is to lace up my shoes and get out the door. And so it doesn't necessarily get any easier. You've got to keep fighting the battle. Even reading my Bible and praying is a battle every morning. This morning, I got, uh, the boys came in as they always do at seven o'clock. We don't let them into our room till seven. They pile into our bed. I get elbows. I get punched and kicked and told to move over but I found a corner of the bed where I was comfortable and warm and I just lay there thinking this is great I'm staying here and then there was the nudge come on you got to get up and read your bible and pray and it was a battle again so I dragged myself out of my pit and it was cold 
and the bed was warm, but I went into my study, I opened my Bible and I started reading. We need to be men and women who keep going, who keep persevering, who fight the battle every single day. Third one, last one, and then we'll finish. We've had honesty, we've had perseverance. The last one is grace, the grace of God. Now, grace is a Christian word. Uh, it just means the unmerited favor of God. And it's God's mercy, goodness, and grace, and love that is poured out on those who are not worthy of it, which is all of us. And Paul, if you read that section, expresses in these verses the grace of God. He says in verse 12, he says, because Jesus has made me his own. He talks about the upward call of God in Christ Jesus in verse 14. And so in the midst of his struggle and hardship and honestly acknowledging his pain, I want you to say, I haven't made it. I'm not there. This is tough. I need to keep going. I need to keep pressing forward. I keep needing to be straying ahead. He recognizes the hand and the grace of God in it all. He knows that ultimately whatever happens, no matter how dark, no matter how tough it gets, he belongs to Jesus. He knows that Jesus has called him and Jesus will keep him no matter what comes his way. He will be looked after and ultimately held by Jesus no matter how dark life gets, no matter how tough life gets. And Paul, in that context, that is how he keeps pressing on because he knows Jesus has got him. That's how he shows his true grit. He knows that Jesus has got him. Jesus is holding him. It doesn't depend on him. It doesn't depend on how hard he works or how many times he preaches, or how many churches he planted, or how many letters he writes, or how many times he has a quiet time. It rests on the finished work of Jesus. Jesus was and is who he said he was. He's God the Son. He came to earth. He was the fulfillment of the Old Testament hopes and dreams, the prophetic uh, scriptures that talk about one coming, a Messiah would come and save God people. Jesus was that person. We saw that when we looked at Christmas. He was love came down to Bethlehem. He was the, the, the culmination of all those things. He was God come in flesh. He lived the perfect life. He died on the cross in our place for a sin. He then rose bodily from death. He ascended into heaven where he's ruling and reigning forever. He's victorious. And one day he will return to judge all mankind, wrap all things up. Everything will be made new. There'll be a new heaven and a new earth. No more crying, no more suffering, no more tears. And based on that work, based on that is what motivates Paul's life and ministry. Although Paul says, I don't fully see it. I haven't got it yet. I haven't attained it. I, I don't know what it's going to fully look like. He knows the result is certain. And that gives him the true grit to keep going. It doesn't matter the setbacks. It doesn't matter the uncertainty. It doesn't matter the frustration, the loneliness, the tears, the lashings, the beatings, the stonings, the shipwreck, the hunger, the cold, the persecution. God has got him and will carry him all the way through. And because God's got him and will carry him all the way through, he keeps going. He keeps persevering. He puts grit in his heart and he just keeps going after Jesus. And as believers here and now removed by a couple of thousand years, we have that same hope. Whatever you're going through right now, whatever your situ personal situation is in the midst of this national and global situation, Jesus has got you. Jesus will hold you. Jesus will keep you. He will not leave you. He will get you through this. So do not give up. Do not give in. Do not despair. Look to him. Put your 
faith and trust in him. He is the one who chose you. He is the one who called you. He is the one who holds you. He is the one ultimately who will see you through to the end. What God has started, he will complete in Christ Jesus. He will glorify you. And one day you will stand with him um, in the new heaven and the new earth. And there'll be no more crying and no more suffering because the old order has passed away and everything is made new. And so that's it from me. That is what it means to have true grit church, to be a people who are honest with ourselves, honest with God, honest with others. A church who keep going, who keep pushing, who keep persevering who keep going after god who keep straining pressing forward knowing we're not in a sprint we're in a marathon we've got to keep going but ultimately knowing it's the grace of god which holds us through this it's not about my effort it's about his grace which is way bigger than any effort i could put in he's got me he chose me he called me he'll hold me amen